okay, when we look at the esoteric side of Chinese medicine, every organ system has an emotion attached to it, right? And they actually say in the Taoist practice that emotions are the cause of all disease. So if we go back to thinking about stress, whatever kind of stress, sometimes it's more anger-related, sometimes it's worry, sometimes it's grief, sometimes it's shock, anxiety. There's all these sort of what you could see as more, not necessarily always negative, but they're like the emotion that's the more stress-related emotion. Welcome to Conversations with Soul, a podcast with the intention to bring you back home to yourself. These heart-to-hearts are hosted by Miri and Liz, the co-owners of Soul Cleanse, a holistic health offering specializing in organic juice and whole food cleanse programs, plus so much more. With our guests, we will be diving into conversations about holistic health, spirituality, emotions, relationships, sustainability, plus other juicy topics that light us up. Welcome to an episode of Conversations with Soul. Today I am joined by healer, wise woman and my dear friend Jessica Hewitt. Jessica is an acupuncturist and owner of Newer Natural Health, which is an acupuncture clinic based on the Gold Coast. She has a clinic in Corumban and she's just recently opened a new clinic in Tugan and I'm just so excited to have you here with us today. Welcome. Thank you very much, Larissa. (laughs) Uh, I wanted to kick off today by asking you a question that we ask everybody when we come on the podcast, which is what do you do regularly that brings you back home to yourself? Yes, very good question. I would say that I spend a lot of time in the ocean to come home to myself. I am lucky that I have been able to experience the love of surfing for quite a few years now. And I've also been extremely lucky to get to be a diver as well. So spending time underwater where no one can speak to you is extremely beneficial for the soul, especially when you're working with a lot of people. Mm, Yeah. How blissful. Very good. (laughs) So I've been getting acupuncture with you since Nua first opened. When was that? So we would have begun nearly seven years ago. So February will be seven, our seventh year birthday if I could remember to celebrate it because every year that it comes past I forget and it gets to March and it's done. <laughs> so, yeah, we will be seven years old in February, end of February. That's amazing. Yep. Congrats. Yes, yeah, so a seven-year cycle this coming year. Amazing. I wanted to ask you, because I get acupuncture so regularly and it makes me feel so amazing every single time I get it, I either pass out on the table or I float and hover in between this awake and sleep cycle in this weird voodoo world, I like to call it. And I just want to know if you can explain why I feel so good when I get acupuncture or why do people feel like that when they might experience an acupuncture treatment? Yeah, so I think a lot of practitioners and patients experience a little acupuncture snooze or nap where mm-hmm. it's you're not completely asleep and some people do wake up and they're all of a sudden like, oh, where am I? Like it's a very relaxed state of being. You're still quite conscious, your body in general, but you are in a very relaxed state. So you, people would have heard, you know, many practitioners or uh, specialist talking about the two types of your nervous system, your sympathetic and your parasympathetic. So sympathetic being responsible for your fight and flight response, so more stress response. And then the parasympathetic is also known as the rest and digest. So it's when we're in a really good state of relaxation of the body and it can do some of the processes that it needs to. So acupuncture definitely affects our nervous system. Um, we do have a lot of scientific studies that actually show um, different reactions with neuro- neurotransmitters in the body. So when we get into that state where we're really relaxed and we're almost in a sleep or dreamlike state, that's actually our body going into a very relaxed part of our nervous system. And this is where, you know, some people ask how acupuncture can be beneficial. Well, before we talk about all the other things it could possibly help with, this is a big one because stress mm. has a major impact on a lot of bodily functions. And so going into this state of relaxation in the parasympathetic nervous system in the rest and digest can allow our body to do some of the healing that it needs to. So we can say, yeah, acupuncture contributes to that as well as also the environment being safe in a nice like harmony, like environment, harmonious environment, sorry, um, with like music. So it's just creating that environment so your body can go into that safe 
relaxed state mm. and that's really beneficial for everyone. Yeah, it's also quite sad that it takes us going to an acupuncture treatment to experience that and how rare that is in our daily lives because, you know, modern life is so, in quotation marks, busy that, yeah, it's not until we go to acupuncture that we actually experience our parasympathetic nervous system. That is quite sad. Yeah, and a lot of patients will say they've tried to replicate it at home but Mm. it doesn't quite work because then they're like thinking or even a lot of people say, you know, you try and do an online yoga class but you're kind of 20 minutes and you're like, okay, got to get stuff done. Mm. With acupuncture, I guess you're also pinned down. Like I often have little jokes with patients and I'm like, now time for your forced relaxation because you're pinned on the table. And your body knows it's safe, but you are. You're literally there and you have to just be still and quiet for a little bit of time. And that's, you know, something that's, yeah, we don't get to receive very often, Mm. especially in the busy world. So it's important. Yeah, Yeah. it's a gift, such a gift to be able to give people. So how did you get into acupuncture? What inspired you and what led you on this path? I'm very lucky to say that it kind of found me at a very young age. So I was extremely blessed to apply for a scholarship at the college I studied at and I actually received a scholarship even before I knew fully what acupuncture was. Mm. I had a couple of series of events before I went to any open days that, you know, I had a small injury in my arm that someone in a third year was at a party and gave me a treatment and the next day I woke up and my arm was pretty much like better. So then when I went to look at naturopathy at the college, I actually went into the acupuncture lecture and everything just aligned. And I was really lucky too. I have a mum who, you know, is very much in the yoga community and has been my whole life. So I grew up with a lot of Ayurvedic knowledge and that sort of ancient traditional medicine. Mm -hmm. So when I started learning about Chinese medicine, it really felt familiar, even though it was new. And you know, now I can say it was probably the best thing that ever happened. But, yeah, it all just fell into place. Mm -hmm. I feel like it kind of chose me, which can sound a bit cliche, but it really did. And I've had small other jobs like hospitality and that, but actually I've been an acupuncturist my whole working life. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really from 18 years old I've Mm -hmm. been studying acupuncture. Yeah. And, and travelled with it too? Yep, travelled all over, well, not all over the world, but in some big parts of it, so Europe, Middle East, Central America, and it's great. It's a great thing to travel with. Massage as well. I've done quite a bit of massage training, um, really good modalities to, you know, view other cultures in the world with. Everybody needs it. Mm. So it's a very widely known alternative medicine now Mm. I guess as well if you're traveling to another culture where you don't speak the language you can still treat someone and you don't need a language to be able to have your hands on a person's body and to really heal them that's actually a great comment from you because that is something that yeah we've with acupuncture having tongue and pulse diagnosis as well as looking at the face the way someone moves being able to read them without Mm. them communicating you know, is actually a major benefit because, yeah, you could have someone that has very little English ability Mm. and we can still give them a treatment to help with what's going on for them. Or someone that thinks they know what the issue is but their words don't marry up with what you're perhaps seeing from them. Definitely. And, and, you know, sometimes people don't want to let you know everything and Mm. they try and keep some but you can kind of see anyway and you don't need to bring it up but you can still give them a treatment that's going to be most beneficial to them. Mm. You specialize a lot in women's health in your clinic. There's always women. Every time I go there, there's like three pregnant women in there or <laughs> there's just pregnant women everywhere. And yeah, there's clinic. a lot of pregnant women, yeah. <laughs> um, so can you talk about how acupuncture can help a woman on her journey in all facets, not just in fertility, but just a woman wanting to maintain her health? How can acupuncture help? Yeah, so, yeah, I do specialise in fertility and I have done some training, postgraduate training in reproductive medicine, so I do love that area and I've obviously got quite a extensive knowledge in IVF as well, but I do really try to encourage women to see fertility as a reflection of their health. Mm. It doesn't mean that you have to be trying to conceive or if you've had children already, it's just that our hormones and our fertility is actually how you know, our body reflects or shows us how healthy and imbalanced we are. So when we're looking at uh, Chinese medicine as well as some of the other ancient 
Asian medicines like Ayurveda and stuff, we are looking at the body as a whole. So instead of just looking at what's presenting for you, what imbalances are coming up, we're also looking at spiritual, emotional, as well as the physical. And we have not just acupuncture and massage, we also have herbal therapy, we have dietary therapy, exercise and breathing therapy. Um, And all of those, it makes an all-encompassing system to help, you know, a woman when she's out of balance or she's trying to conceive, we can have a lot of different elements there that we can use to support her. And I guess in the clinic I'm seeing a lot of stress response patterns. So a lot of high-paced, stressful life uh, is definitely impacting women and everybody, but if I'm just looking at women's health. And then if we're looking back to or if we circle back to what I said before about the nervous system and having that parasympathetic nervous system effect, well, so many women are in their sympathetic nervous system in career with juggling children, with juggling life, um, emotional stress. So if we're trying to get people to learn how to go into that parasympathetic we're getting them out of that stress state and then their body functions so their endocrine system and digestive system are able to work the way they're meant to rather than prioritizing you know their fight or flight response and systems to protect themselves Mm. so we can kind of see this um, pattern in a lot of women coming in today Mm -hmm. and that's how I would say Chinese medicine and also having acupuncture like saying yes you come in for acupuncture but we do as I was saying, have dietary therapy, lifestyle, exercise therapy, and everything that is really easily applied to your daily life. It's not expensive. It's not overly time-consuming. But there are all things there that women can start integrating into their daily life to give themselves the better outcomes. Lots of little things. Yes, lots yeah. of little things. What do you see a lot of in clinic like you've touched on? you know, people coming in, they're always in fight or flight. How do you see that manifest out? Like obviously I'm aware that things like endometriosis and PCOS have exploded in our generation. Do you see that as linked to what's going on with us being in the parasympathetic nervous system? I think, sorry, the sympathetic nervous system, I think I know the answer to it, but I'd love to hear your take on it. Yeah, so, okay, when we look at the esoteric side of Chinese medicine, every organ system has an emotion attached to it, right? And they actually say in the Taoist practice that emotions are the cause of all disease. So if we go back to thinking about stress, whatever kind of stress, sometimes it's more anger-related, sometimes it's worry, sometimes it's grief, sometimes it's shock, anxiety. There's all these sort of what you could see as more, not necessarily always negative, but they're like the emotion that's the more stress-related emotion. In Chinese medicine, so when we look at endometriosis, PCOS, we've got um, anovulatory conditions of different types where women are ovulating regularly and amenorrhea where the period is not even present at all, so depletion, um, adrenal fatigue. We can actually look at some of these as like accumulations of emotion and stress and actually how that impacts the body too. So I'm kind of like trying to I guess make people that are listening kind of think about the other aspects of not just stress like being busy but like Mm. evaluating parts of your life too maybe where you are getting like if you're not liking your work is there resentment and anger there going to work is work really stressful and there's a lot of worry is there a lot of stuff going on in your relationship is there actually the relationship with yourself are you giving yourself a lot of grief or hardship or resentment so these emotional states also accumulate in our bodies and we can all usually relate if someone gives you bad news or is ringing you on the phone and starts a conversation with something that sounds like it's going to be horrible the whole body knots up we get this full-on shock response so if we think about if every day we're going through like even more mild version or a moderate version of that our whole body is starting to contract it's not flowing freely so this is where like a lot of conditions I guess develop as well and this is something we look at also I would say food the types of food we're eating like are we eating organic our soil is not as good as it used to be I'm sure many people have read up on that like a lot of the micronutrients is not in the soil anymore that's due to different agricultural things that we use um, we've also got like toxins we're ingesting so what are your cleaning products like do a big clean out of your life like look at all aspects like what are you putting in there and I'm talking about what are you putting in there physically but also mentally what kind of things are you watching what kind of words are you telling yourself you know what kind of relationships are you in with friends partners family like are they toxic is there something going on there like start to be really honest with yourself because 
Conditions that I see in the clinic, especially like endometriosis, this is one that's affecting a lot of women, you're correct. Um, Also digestive issues, and they often come together. But endometriosis in Chinese medicine is what we call a blood stagnation condition, where the blood is not circulating properly. It's accumulating and stagnating in the body and causing problems so that it can restrict other organs and do other things so it can be toxic. Um, and then can affect fertility, it can affect intercourse, it can affect digestion. So when we're looking at all this, like for that, we're seeing blood stagnation. We relate it to the movement of the liver energy. So liver energy is not moving, it's stagnating. The emotion related to that is anger. So already we're starting to pick apart like how this began, what happened, not just from imbalance of estrogen, which is often like a medical looking at it as well, but we try and look at it from all facets. And this is the same with all conditions. But I would say, back to more of your question, what I'm seeing in clinic, yes, a lot of stress responses, but a lot of emotional responses, dietary responses, and then lifestyle. Obviously, price of and cost of living has gone up recently. A lot of people are getting two jobs. A lot of people are staying in jobs they don't like because of the fear of leaving. A lot of mums are having to work extra. There's a lot of elements here that are probably contributing to illnesses. Mm. But I would say gynecological conditions, even in my last 10 years of practice, have been increasing hugely. Yeah, the pressure on women Mm. in our modern society is really taking its toll. Yep, and a lot of autoimmune conditions popping up too, a lot of thyroid conditions, um, a lot of unexplained conditions also where there's a lot of elements that are or a lot of things that are going on that Mm. it's quite hard to pinpoint exactly what's the root cause Mm. because it's getting quite complex so many layers Mm -hmm. i love the saying that your issues are in your tissues yes you learn that in yoga yeah yeah you can see how all of these systems marry over one another like yoga might hit this from one angle but when you look down to it we're all kind of getting to the root cause well we hope that we are really Mm. really good system it's getting to the root cause of what's going on for people and it starts with the emotions totally so yep. I guess a lot of your work with people is is emotional work. Yeah, I feel like I'm like not a qualified counsellor, but sometimes I feel like I am like that listener because people are actually going through a lot and sometimes it takes a bit of time to get through some people's layers to really find out what it is. Mm. And sometimes I'll address it quite early and I'll say, did something happen? You say for endometriosis, I'll say, was there something going on when you're a teenager in puberty? where you resented someone or a breakdown in a relationship or something where there was a lot of anger. And I reckon most people, as soon as I say that, they know exactly what I'm talking about, whether they want to admit it or not. But most of them, there'll be something where there was this constriction of the flow, Mm -hmm. you know, where they were feeling really bullying, like all sorts of things. And it's really interesting. Obviously, Mm -hmm. you don't always go there first. It can be confronting, but sometimes... And I guess just even saying this now, it's a bit more complex than just talking about Chinese medicine, but people who are listening, these are good things to consider if you've got friends or family who are going through this sort of thing or fertility issues with certain conditions or even for yourself. Yeah. I think the moral of the story is not treating symptoms but getting to the root of the cause. Yeah, and, and, and sometimes you treat symptoms first because yeah. you know, if someone's got a lot of pain, you kind of want to help with that and then you can dig deeper to mm. prevent it coming back or more investigation. Yeah, I'm not opposed to medical investigation either. Like mm-hmm. I definitely, if patients need further medical investigation or if they do need surgeries or things, sometimes that is very much like what's needed okay and it's all about working together with western medicine together they are great but i would say for management of chronic conditions alternative therapies or even more holistic nutrition and things like that they are long-term ways of managing chronic illness western medicine is great for acute Mm -hmm. stuff you know Mm -hmm. it really is it's got some advanced practices sometimes long term for people it's not the best option or you use it a little bit and then you turn to something else Yeah, well, I think it's probably wise to have like a plethora of healing modalities that you can turn to. Good word. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Makes sense to go to certain people for certain things. And And I have a lot of patients that get their little toolbox of practitioners, mm -hmm. like they have an osteo, they have me as an acupuncturist, they might have like another 
healer or a psychologist and they just have their group of people to help with their life, managing their life in whatever stresses come their way. They can, you know, get through it and manage it well. Mm -hmm. Lean on the right person at that time. Beautiful. Uh, You've also recently embarked on further education in womb massage and yoni steaming, which is really interesting to me. I'd love to hear more about it and how these practices can enhance women's health. Yep. So, uh, gosh, when was that now? I think it was a couple of years ago when I did that one. I remember when you were doing it. Yeah, the last couple of years are a bit of blur. I'm sure that's like that for everyone. I'm like, (laughs) I think it was the beginning of when we had a bit of. I just remember you in the course and you were sharing little tidbits of information with me and I was like, wow, this is kind of coming full circle back to more of that root cause stuff again and really addressing some deep stuff for women. And I think it's probably like really big work and that's quite confronting for a lot of people. But I think the more that we can talk about it and make it normal and share it with people, the better. Yeah. Well, so I studied with an amazing woman who is um, originally from Paraguay. So she's from the lineage. She taught a lot of my abdominal massage and then started doing her own mentorship over 10 months. So I was driving up to sunny coast to see her if anyone would like to make contact or try and get a treat with her she's incredible her name is Andrea Lopez and I love her dearly I haven't seen her for a while but I do think of her often Uh, she's an amazing woman like she is like from the lineage she's just the most authentic human Um, so it was a beautiful course it helped me with a lot of my things that I was going through at the time a lot of my own personal issues Um, and then coming out of it it's something that I haven't been treating, I haven't been really practicing as much in the clinic because I do get really busy with acupuncture, but I integrate a bit of it. But really importantly, what I've, I guess what I try and educate patients on from that is that structurally from gynecologists and other specialists, there's not a lot of information around like when you've got gynecological issues going on, you know, is there a, like a the placement of where your uterus is and all the parts in your pelvic bowl, where are they placed? Because is there circulation getting around? Is, you know, is it restricted? Is there areas, and this comes back to also some women who might have had an ultrasound might notice that they're on the ultrasound report it says that their uterus is antiverted or retroverted, meaning in retroversion is it leading back or antiverted is it leaning forward? And in that case, you know, we've got, all these other organs in our pelvic bowl, like our bladder in the front, we've got, you know, intestine, like we've got everything in there. We've got our um, fallopian tubes, ovaries. So when we've got this like movement of potentially of like the uterus, we've got ligaments being pulled, ligaments that are slack, areas that are maybe like a bit more squashed. So are we getting good blood flow and lymphatic flow through our pelvic bowl? Is there areas that are getting toxic? So when we're looking at womb massage or self-care massage at home, it's like we're trying to create that circulation. So abdominal massage is like unbelievably great and you can learn your own self-practice but even giving yourself, even just with coconut oil, just nice clockwise motions around your whole abdomen right down to your pubic vein all the way around is just creating nice circulation. It's the same in yoga and other um, qigong and all these practices we do, we're actually massaging the organs. Mm. You know, the organs, like massaging them, that's what's really about longevity is like getting those toxins out, getting that circulation going. So, you know, we're learning the abdominal massage, um, which some of it's like Mayan abdominal massage. Then you've got the um, Chinesang, which is from Chinese medicine, and there's some people practicing the womb hara massage in that one. But these massages are actually very beneficial when we really need to get things moving and they're a practical way that you can get a treatment in the localized area that you need Mm -hmm. as well as doing some self-care at home and it's something breast massage is another one as a part of it too like women we really should be massaging our breasts so they don't get fibrous so we're getting good lymphatic flow you know breast cancer and cysts and lumps and things are something that's increased a lot too so Mm -hmm. these are really important things and you know, you don't have to go to a course, but even going to see someone who you can get the treatments from and they can teach you. A lot of the practice we learn, you learn to teach self-care massage as well. Mm-hmm. These things are like really, really crucial for women to learn. And these are things that were taught always to women that now is not so commonly taught. And I'm really, really happy that there is an influx of this education now. And there's an influx of these practitioners coming in. 
So I highly recommend, even if you're not sure if you're into it or not, to like seek someone out and give it a go if you're a woman or anyone with a uterus or who had a uterus that, you know, resonates with that because even if you've had a hysterectomy or if you've no longer got it, it's still that area, it's still energetically a part of you Mm -hmm. and it's really important. So especially anyone with endo, I would 100% recommend going or fibroids, any kind of that stagnation, cysts, anything really beneficial, beautiful treatment. You don't just get an abdominal massage. You get a full body massage with the abdominal massage as well. And I'm actually very lucky. One of my acupuncturists at the clinic now is actually trained in Wimhara massage with the Chine Sang as well. So I'm really excited to get her starting to do that more as well with acupuncture. So that's like a really beautiful combo. And sometimes I do massage my girl's abdomens. But when you go for one of these treatments, they're an hour and a half to two hours. So it's like a full-on experience Mm -hmm. and they're wonderful. Yeah. Can people book in for that at Nua? Yeah, I think in a couple of weeks they'll be able to. Mm -hmm. And if there's other people people want to experience, I have a handful of women that I know doing it from Mm -hmm. pretty much here up into the Sunshine Coast. And there's some great kahuna therapists that are now practicing it. There are some, you know, internal bodywork practices that are being you know, done as well, like with pelvic floor release. So yeah, highly recommend it just even for yourself to experience and to try and connect to that part of yourself, like your womb, your pelvic bowl. Definitely do not talk about it or touch it or explore it enough. No. Yeah. So it's a really good experience I think to have. And I think it's really important that we all try and look after ourselves in that way, especially if you're trying to get pregnant and you haven't even felt connected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about womb steaming? Yeah, so womb steaming or yoni steaming is known as well. So I learned all that and this one is getting a lot of coverage too. You can buy like sort of more generic types of fertility blends and stuff, which is fine if you just want to test it out. But if you do go see a practitioner, they can formulate a herbal blend for you that's going to be really specific. So what does a yoni or womb steam do? Mm-hmm. Um, it has quite a few effects, but again, circling back to me saying about placement of the uterus and pelvic bowl and all the other organs, you know, steaming is a way, yes, you can actually get an aroma, like it's so an essential oil from the herbs. Essential oils as they are are too potent to even go any near the tissue. The genital tissue is way too sensitive. It will burn. So when we boil the herbs on the pot and catch the steam and we sit over it, we're allowing some of the essential oil to actually come up inside and into the pelvic bowl to allow things like anti anti-inflammatory response, um, increased circulation. If you're getting things like thrush and that, you can have like oregano is really good, like and, um, really great for thrush and it's antibacterial, antiviral. And we've got all different herbs that do different things. So depending on what's going on for the person, same as some herbs will increase um, cervical fluid, meaning your fertile fluid. It can help promote ovulation. Unfortunately, no scientific studies have really been done on it yet. So people looking for science, it's not there, but it's going to be something that's extremely hard to create a randomized control trial with because it's also, again, very individualized. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's something that is interesting, interested to you, I would highly recommend trying it. Even for the ritual of it, of connecting to your womb. Even women who are having, like, experiencing dryness or, you know, even have pain in their pelvis, like, you know, in intercourse, even just trying it with steam with no essential oil, like herbs, you find that all the ligaments internally and everything relax a lot because the warmth is relaxing. Mm. Cold in the uterus is a thing in Chinese medicine that we're like, no, it's a bun in the oven, not in the fridge, Mm. right? So the uterus is meant to be supple, warm, relaxed, you know, very um, nurturing. So Mm. even just trying steam can help relax the body. But, yeah, I would recommend if people are interested, try it. If you can get someone to make up a specific blend if you've got stuff going on, if you're pretty balanced but you just want to give it a go, those generic brands like the just the makeup blends are fine. Yeah. Um, but you just cannot do it if you think you're pregnant. So after ovulation, if you're trying to conceive, no steaming. Mm-hmm. Before, fine, and not while you're bleeding. Mm-hmm. So if you've got painful periods and you're not trying to conceive, steaming just before your period can help with pain. Otherwise, if you're trying to promote ovulation for fertility, you would be steaming after bleeding and using herbs that are going to promote cervical fluid and all of that, and then you stop after. 
if you have any sores or, you know, broken skin or anything like that, you also stay away from it just because um, you don't want to cause any harm there. But otherwise, it's pretty safe to give it a go at home. There's heaps of really great instructions online that you can follow if you want to, or you can see a practitioner, like I was saying, and actually get some one-on-one guidance. Beautiful. So we've touched on so many different aspects of women's health and conditions and different things we can do. If we can like step back for a second, I would love it if you could share with our listeners a couple of practical things that women should or should not be doing for their general well-being or things that you just wish women knew and wish that if they could just hear that and take that away, it might be something simple that they could be doing in their lives that could really have a big impact with their health. Or maybe it's something that you see you have to recommend to many patients that come in. Yeah, okay. So the first, oh, there's a lot of things that come to mind, but the <laughs> first thing that comes to mind that I think is really important to remember for conceiving is it takes two to tango. Mm-hmm. So women are really good at taking on the emotional laboring of partners if their sperm count's not good or if they're not contributing as much. You have to remember it's two of you. You're in a... And even if that's if you're in a same-sex relationship, it doesn't matter. There's two people involved usually. And if you're on your own, that's fine too, like different situation. But generally when a couple is trying to conceive, it's two to tango. And whether that's male or female, but I will talk about males just quickly. Yes, they have to be involved too for support and for their health. The other thing is women think they're broken when their body is not working. This is not necessarily true either because every month, you know, when your body's assessing how fertile you are and how safe it is to have a baby, if your body is doing something where your cycle's going irregular or it's cutting your cycle short, it's usually assessing whether it's safe to have a baby. If you're super stressed out, your body's under stress, whether it's from environment, food, emotional stress, whatever, physical, it's not doing anything wrong. It's actually doing exactly what it's meant to. It's it's actually stopping you from being fertile because it's not a good time for you to have a baby. And I just say that because women come in telling me that they're broken and that they get really pissed off at their body. And it's actually, Mm. that's exactly what their body's meant to do. It's meant to assess how fertile, but in the sense of like, is it okay for us to hold a baby right now? Is it safe for the mother and safe for the baby? If it's not, it won't help you. The one thing our bodies always want to do is reproduce. It's our biological right. It's what we're meant to do. Everything is aspiring to make a pregnancy in life from everything in nature. So you know, keep that in mind when you're beating yourself up about it. If you're not getting pregnant or your hormones aren't working again, go back to what I said, assess what's going on in your life. What can you change to make it better? And then going on to that, another tip is like, really make sure you put yourself like really analyze before thinking about finance, what you need to come in, all of these other things, really be true with yourself. What do your, what does your body need? Do you need to buy organic food? Yes, it's a bit more expensive, but what other expenses can you limit so that you have more money to do that? Can you get rid of chemicals in the house? Can you make time for yourself? I get a lot of women coming in going, I can't afford to have acupuncture a week, but they're trying to have a third baby. It's like you've got to put your priorities. If you're trying to have a child, that's expensive too. And I'm not just trying to talk about money, but it's a big of a topic now because of expenses of life, but really evaluate what's important. Mm. what's important for you take time for yourself mums especially try and take time for yourself relaxation parasympathetic nervous activated if you can't do much like even if it's doing half an hour just sitting down trying to do an online yoga class even if it's just sitting in your garden doing some weeding or tending to your plants and growing them for an hour on the weekend just so that you've got some peace and quiet swimming in the ocean really making that time for yourself and it can be self-care in whatever way yeah, mm. but it just needs to really have an honest conversation with your internal self. And this is where things like Qigong, yoga, meditation help because you have to sit with yourself and really sit with yourself. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, your innate wisdom, especially as a woman, but obviously as men too, but our innate wisdom, we really know what we need. People mm. ask me questions all the time and I'm like, you know the answer. You just want me to tell you, but you know it. And sometimes we don't want to go there or we know that we've got to look for another job but we don't want to or we just think it's too hard. But sometimes it's like really sitting and having that honest conversation. I could say come in for acupuncture every week. It's great for you. It is. Some people don't like acupuncture. That's fine. If they like massage more, go have a massage once a fortnight. Treat yourself. You know, go do whatever you prefer. If you're not a touchy person but you love doing 
um, you know, new exercise, like go do hiking in the hills or like, you know, the mountains, get in nature, but making more time for yourself, reconnecting to nature, um, to yourself, be honest with yourself, really. That's Mm. a huge thing. Be honest with yourself, Mm. people. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. You know what I love about all of what you've shared is none of it is my top tip is go and take this vitamin. Oh, no. <laughs> and look, everyone's It's all like, about reconnecting to yourself and oh, being yeah. true with yourself. Well, because if you feel that you know your diet's bad or you feel like you have a deficiency, when you're true to yourself, you'll go, I probably need to go see a holistic nutritionist. Like I feel like that's probably – or you know that you've been eating ice cream every night. I know I'm shocker for that when I want a little dopamine release. I'm like, ice cream's my kryptonite, you know? So, you know, sometimes we have to pull ourselves out and go – where am I looking at disassociating or where am I looking at for pleasures that maybe aren't good for me? Or we kind of know, like, you know what I mean? We really know. We, we know do. something's not right. You mm-hmm. go to the GP, they go, oh, nothing's wrong. And you know that it's not right. So then think about who you should go see to get the answers. People tell me, oh, thanks for helping me. I'm like, I didn't help you. You got yourself here. It's about you doing mm. it for yourself. I'm not anyone to put on a pedestal. You got yourself here. That's all on you. If you women get pregnant, I'm like, they did that. They they sought out the advice, they applied it, and then they're pregnant. It's like, congratulations. It's incredibly empowering and it also takes a lot of self-responsibility rather than thinking that a doctor or a practitioner or someone else has the answers, yes, they guide you, but you have all of that wisdom within you yeah. and it's whether you have the courage to listen to your own body wisdom and take its advice or live in disconnection. Yep. And be playful. Actually, that's something else I'd like to have. More playfulness. Mm-hmm. People that know me personally know I'm a, a joke and I have a little, you know, I'm always creating a bit of joy and laughter in my clinic because some topics around fertility and IVF, they get really dry and they're pretty, you know, depressing at times. So just to remember playfulness. like, mm. And even women who are going through fertility or health issues, there's usually like you know, I've always got told by lecturers like we've got health, we've got relationships, finance, and usually like if we've got all imbalance, great. But you know, someone who might not have health imbalance might have great financial stability, great relationship. Someone else who's got great health might have not good relationship, finance average, or great finance, not good health, not good relationship. Like we've always got like something to work on. So it's just like looking at it. If we're not getting pregnant, our health is not right. Try not to be so focused on it and upset. Look at all the other good things you have and then go, right, how am I going to improve this to match the other areas, you Mm. know? Beautiful. And I know we've spoken a lot about women, but what advice or tips or wisdom would you share with men or women who want to share it with their men? Yeah, so I still treat a few men and the men I do treat are, are wonderful. They come in regularly. They love it. A lot of men really struggle to book themselves in for treatments and I'm sure a lot of women that are listening will relate. You kind of almost have to book your partners in and mm-hmm. then they'll go happily but they've just got this in- inability to like. I think it's spending money on like self-care is a big block for men. just like not even thinking to book themselves in for something. Like yeah. some men, especially like some tradies and stuff, they're earning plenty of money, they don't mind but they just don't get there and sometimes we find once they get in, they come a couple of times. They're actually fine to come. They know the place. They come regularly. It's great. But for men, I think, you know, there's a lot of mental health issues with men, you know, younger men going forward. We've got generational issues where emotions are not expressed as freely. It doesn't feel as acceptable. So these patterns are kind of being rewritten in the younger generation slowly, but there's still a lot of that, especially in the people now in their 40s and older. And we'd probably see that in our parents' generation. So my advice to men is like just start, again, being a bit honest with yourself, try and be honest with your partner and start practicing trying to just sort of do those things for yourself, express your emotions, take care of yourself because men definitely when they're younger think they're invincible but you're not, unfortunately. Like you got good testosterone and when you're young you've kind of got that drive but, you know, it fades. So start looking after yourself. Do things like acupuncture or massage or start – Start with massage, you know, start with something just a bit more maybe not so in-depth with everything mm. or just start reaching out and seeing. I do see it with a lot of younger men now. They're a lot more open to I you know, love breath it. work, yes. yoga. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Um, it's really, really inspiring. I'm so happy and 
yeah, a lot of younger men, I'd say in their 20s, are way more interested in alternative therapies, in different ways of thinking, different kinds of counselling, psychology. Men's mm. work is increasing hugely on the Gold Coast and I think it's definitely taking, you know, it's increasing, oh, it's getting more known everywhere. But, yeah, men's work is important because, as I said, it's two to tango always. Like if you're mm-hmm. in a in a relationship with a man, then, like, you know, it's just good for them to to maybe just like kind of rather than pushing it out of them, like trying to rip it out of them, just like making it known that it's a safe space for them if they want to share, that there's no judgment. Because mm. women, we can get a little bit pushy, like we want them to express to us and we're emotional beings very much so, all of us. But women, we love it like sharing emotionally. Mm. Sometimes we get a bit too aggressive about trying to get our partners to you know, share that. So mm-hmm. it's just like take a little bit more of a like subtle approach, allow them to be safe and just slowly work on it. Maybe book them in for some treatments, you know. Get them a massage for their birthday. Yeah. <laughs> some men are fully young. I see them come in the clinic all the time. They're a bit awkward. But then once they leave, they're like so happy. They always book in again. They're mm. like, oh, yeah, I'll come back. <laughs> they're like, book me in. So sometimes it's just that first step there. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely, definitely a very important part of it. The men are – yeah, very important to all of us as much as women are. We're just together. We we all need to support each other. Mm. Cool. I'm going to switch gears a little bit. I know that we touched on it before about Eastern and Western medicine, and I agree with you wholeheartedly that it's not like one versus the other. We really need this integrated system, and it would be so beautiful if naturopaths worked with doctors and this beautiful referral network could exist. Um, where do you see Eastern medicine ending and Western medicine beginning? Oh, wow, that's a really tough question. I think that Western medicine, as I said, has its place for so many things. But I think with management ongoing, it's really not the solution. It's not always, I mean, some drugs given are obviously critical or people need them. But I always think Really, if you can explore integrative doctors, alternative things, if you've got health problems before you get on that train heavily, you really need to because Eastern medicine or even alternative medicine like um, naturopathy being a bit more Western herbal stuff, but it's really got the ability to support people long-term. Yes, Mm. you can still have like reactions and stuff, but Diet is a big one too, like really understanding what you're putting in your body to eat. And food being is medicine. with yourself about yeah, that. Yeah, food is medicine. Yeah. Like really food is medicine. So a lot of the, you know, Eastern and holistic practices are very big on diet. Mm. I still know in hospitals and stuff now they're still giving, you know, like Nestle products and things Jell-O. like that. Yeah, which, okay, like it's – I don't know the system of that. I know there's probably some – you know, sponsoring going there. But, you know, like people are in there trying to heal from surgery or like things going on, like they probably need really nutritious food, not, you know, mm. that really bland Excellent. kind of food. And still even when people have colonoscopies and stuff, it's like white bread for like a period of time with no anything else. It's like all white products. And I have patients coming in really distressed when they have to do that because it's so not what they eat and it makes them feel awful. Mm. So it's just things like that. You just see like I think if you've got something you need to manage long-term or you've had an illness and you've, you know, kind of overcome it and you want to prevent it coming back or you want to keep yourself healthy, you need to look at alternative medicines and like food as medicine and exercise therapy and things that every day you're treating yourself. Mm. So like movement practice is it can be every day or, you know, many times a week, which is like a treatment for yourself. Same with every meal that you put in. When you make that meal, you're putting energy into it, prana or chi, mm. and it's going into your body. So like what intentions are you putting into it? That's a part of it as well. All these things are like daily treatments. Like I say to people, you come to me once a week or once a fortnight and you do nothing else I say. You don't change the diet. You don't manage your stress, whatever. Like what have I got to work with? Like I'm going to maybe make you feel good for a couple of days or something and sometimes we still have these like amazing, you know, responses from the body but also like you're putting a lot of pressure on me, Mm. you know, or yourself as well because you're not helping yourself. long term what's going to be achieved without changes. And I don't want people to have to come forever. I mean some of my patients honestly have been coming for six years 
fortnightly or monthly because they just love having a treatment. It's become a part of their routine and it feels good for them. But, you know, like I don't want to have to tell people like you're going to have to come for years to have a baby. Like I want them to get as pregnant as quick as possible. I want them to get their back pain managed as quick as possible. I want their digestive issues sorted as quick as possible. So I don't want people to have to come. I want them to come if they want to, you know, maintenance and they love it. But I don't want to have to see people Reliance. and tell them to keep come spending money, spending time and not doing any of the homework because you're just not going to get as better response. It's part you. I'm showing up for you, so show up for yourself, mm. you know. Mm. How's the industry different today than when you started? Way more known. So when I started studying, I was 18. I'm now nearly 33 next I'm actually not going to say because I don't really want to know what my birthday is. I'm trying to keep it quiet. But um, <laughs> soon, I'm a Libran season, right at, toward the end, bit of Scorpio in there too. So, um, yeah, I'm nearly 33. So I started studying at 18. And honestly, when I would tell people I was studying acupuncture, they thought I was a whack job. Like, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Public perception you know, has yeah, shifted. shifted massively. But I would say even in the yoga industry, my mum's been a yoga practitioner for 30 plus years, you know, more. And when she was teaching yoga, it was like no one even knew about it, you Mm -hmm. know, and now it's like massive. So we've had a huge influx. There's acupuncturists coming out of the colleges left, right and centre. Like there's so many new students. I really, really pray and hope that we get support for Medicare. Mm -hmm. I truly believe that acupuncture has enough scientific evidence, especially with chronic illnesses and pain and certain things, that we should be able to get on pain management plans, mental health plans, and help from Medicare even in just starting off with some situations because I think a lot of people would like that. It's like now private health, a lot of people don't want half the things on there. They want alternative therapy to increase. I think private health should be able to let people choose how much money is in each category. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want dental and you want all of it in massage and acupuncture, fine. If you don't ever use physio, that's cool. You know, I think that we need to be allowed to have more choice there. Mm. Um, it is increasing. Like it is getting more. Uh, acupuncturists are now registered with APRA, which is the same as doctors and, and nurses. So we're getting there, you know. Mm. Unfortunately for naturopaths, it went a little bit backwards and they took them off the health yeah, funds. I hope that changes because naturopathy is a beautiful medicine too. Mm. So is kinesiology. So is everything else that was on there. So I hope Australia, we kind of all step up or more of us take note of the petitions going around or write to MPs or whatever we need to do because I would say a huge percentage of, Australians are now choosing uh, so much healing that needs to occur and natural therapies play such a huge part of that I just think it's absolutely devastating that naturopathy and some other things were taken off well I also had a conversation with a dear friend of mine this morning who's a yoga teacher and she said there's I think it's called insight or something there's a panel show she said there was one actually about Australians with natural medicine and she said it was a 70 something percent of people go to the GP but then don't tell their GP they're doing alternative therapies and vice versa. They see alternative therapies but don't tell them they're still going to the GP. So there's this like disconnection. Mm. And why aren't we supporting natural therapies? Why aren't Mm. we integrating them so that doctors know that people are doing this as well? Because people don't want to tell their doctors all the time because they get like a really negative response, some some not all. Uh, I think that, yeah, we just need to work together. Mm. Yeah, but it is it is getting better. It's like stepping towards a good place. Just it's very slowly coming yeah. along. Yeah. Final question for you, which is a little bit of a curveball. What is your medicine and your gift? What is it that you wish to impart on your community? Well, I mean, I would say um, Chinese medicine and women's health. Um, yeah, interesting, isn't it? But actually, like. For me, big one, my medicine is joy and playfulness. So like coming out of like what a practice and I think that's why people know me as being quite like silly and playful even with treatment and the way I approach things because, you know, in Chinese medicine the heart is what holds our spirit. We see like the shen we call it and you can see it in the eyes. When someone's really got vitality and vibrancy, you see in their eyes they're very grounded and it's like you know you you can look at them and it's very stable so when we have joy that's the emotion of the heart like and it really brings out that spirit so I think we all need a bit more playfulness and joy in life and that would be my gift and I am a fire element water and fire element so people know the fire elements are those people that 
I'm not going to say you always want me at a party, but um, are those people but that you do. want at a party? Because they're like, or whatever <laughs> social situation they're in, they'll make it work or they'll be lighthearted or they'll be very social. Mm. Um, they like singing and dancing. So like those things. So dance more, sing more. I love encouraging my patients to do exercise that's fun, that brings them joy. Have a good belly laugh. Like have like the way you feel after a really good belly laugh with the joyous is like more uplifting than any therapy you could do, any kind of like anything. So mm. that would be my gift or that I would want to give to everyone in my community is joy and playfulness, but that like true joy to allow their spirit to shine through and for their eyes to be vibrant and for them to feel good really. Oh, I love that so much. That's so special. <laughs> just want to thank you so much for coming on today. I could really talk to you forever. You're a dear friend of mine. And yeah, I'm just very honored that you would join me on the podcast and share all of your wisdom with the world. And if anybody wants to have an absolutely delicious, mind-blowing treatment from Jess, I highly recommend checking her out, newanaturalhealth.com.au. She's got a clinic in Corumban and she's just opened a clinic in Chugan and she also has so many other beautiful practitioners that I love to go to and see at the clinic. So everybody that is a part of Nua has got their own magic. So I just highly recommend checking her out and checking out the team and getting some healing wisdom in your life. Thank you. I will say too we next year we'll be trying to do more free and like different community and online kind of educational things with all the girls so if people are watching the space we will be doing more little like things that people can just come and watch or um, log on and learn more about Chinese medicine to apply in their life as well Mm. that's something I do feel passionate about so yeah, hopefully bring a bit more community together beautiful you can also check out on Instagram as well and Nua is spelled N-U-W-A Nuar Natural Health. Thanks so much, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Thank you for journeying with us today. We trust you received the wisdom shared in this episode. If you felt the resonance of the conversation and think it will support other people, please subscribe, share this episode, and leave a review. Importantly, before we go, we'd like to acknowledge country and the Bundjalung Nation that we are recording this podcast on. We have so much gratitude for the abundant land we live upon that nourishes and heals us and we hold deep reverence for the First Nations people that care for our country and for the wisdom they keep. May we be open to continue to learn and grow.